Hey Spirit fans, this is Seth Askelson, and I hope you are enjoying every episode of the OUAZ Athletics Podcast. We are looking forward to bringing you a wide range of guests as we ramp up to the fall season and want you to tune in to each episode to get the best insight and stories from all Spirit programs. As our guest list grows on the podcast, so will our ways you can tune in. The OUAZ Athletics Podcast is now available on Spotify, Google Play Music, Apple Podcasts, and of course, on the website at ouazspirit.com slash podcasts. Please rate, review, and subscribe to let us know who you want to hear next and to never miss the next installment. Those four great platforms are where you can find our brand new episodes every week the moment they are available. Once again, you can now find every episode of the OUAZ Athletics Podcast on Spotify, Google Play Music, Apple Podcasts, and at OUAZSpirit.com slash podcasts. Welcome again, OUAZ Spirit fans. My name is Seth Askelson, and thank you for joining us for yet another edition of the OUAZ Athletics Podcast. My guest today, a very accomplished freshman season, and heading into her sophomore year, it's women's soccer forward Cypress Jones. Cypress, how are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. It's been kind of a little bit of a wild time, but we're able yeah, to... definitely. Weird, weird times we're in, but we're here. We're here and uh, back at school. What is it like to be back at school and not only be around your teammates, but just be around people in general? I'm going to be honest. I didn't think we were going to be back. A lot of the schools, like around me at least, back home... UNLV, everything's remote learning. So I was like, you know what? I'll just be out here for online classes. But when we got the email saying, oh, welcome back to campus, I was like, oh, so this is really happening. So, I mean, I'm happy to be here and happy to be back to playing with, like, my team and not having to train on my own. It feels good to be back. Now, what were what was the excitement level or what was the feelings when you finally got that welcome back email? I was, I was excited. I was excited and nervous because I knew everything was going to be a complete, like, 360 of what we've done in the past and obviously I've only been here two years but when we came back there were so many like restrictions like we can barely play 11 v 11 on the field so and we've been practicing for like almost a month now so everything's just complete change what is that like like you said you can't really get into game action quite yet but your conditioning how has it been to jump back into the flow of things even though you can't get full speed quite yet it's been good just to be around other people and playing the sport like it's obviously a team sport so working with them passing playing shooting it's it's something like good to be grateful for at least because at least we're practicing on the field i do feel like a little upset though obviously that because i want to get back to it start playing competitive games right now but due to everything that's going on we'll just have to be patiently wait until january comes around so what were you up to during this quarantine period? Obviously, everybody getting sent home in early March, about second week of March, yeah. um, and you go back home to Vegas, correct? Yeah. So what uh, what did you spend the, you know, until you came back about a month ago, what did you spend about those four or five months doing? Well, like, the first two, I honestly just stayed at home and just sat at home. Honestly, we, did, we had workouts that, like, our coach would send us. So I'd go to the park, but it was weird not being able to – call my friends like let's go hang out let's go do this because there was nothing to do and then about may came around and i was like i'm not doing anything so might as well just go get a job so i worked at amazon for about three months the pay was really good i recommend that you work there 500 dollars a week it's 10 hour shifts but it was definitely worth it i i would do it again but yeah just working out and working yeah 500 dollars a week for 10 hour shifts would three four days Four days, four days four a week days. from 6 a.m. to 5.30. Oh, man, four tens. That's that's living the life right there. Yeah, just hard labor, straight hard labor. Were we able to find the time to work out? Would you work out after you got done with work? Would you wait till you had the three days off to really hit hit those workouts? When were you finding that time? It honestly would vary. So obviously it's like basically the same weather as it is in Vegas here. So I would wake up early in the morning before like the sun came up and would do like a light jog on my like work days and then on my off days that's when I would like really hit it like do something in the morning while the sun's down and then do something at night while the sun's down too yeah that's normally the workout plan for those living in Arizona as well you try to avoid when the sun 
is sitting high in the sky. So uh, sounds like you were able to keep on top of things in terms of the workouts. But what were some of the workouts that were sent to you by the coaching staff and Coach Hodgson and, and obviously Skelly to a certain extent? Soccer, as everybody knows, has a large amount of running. But what are some of the other exercises that they wanted you to keep up on? Well, a lot of it was just with our fitness, like 100%. It was just like fitness. So run two miles one day, run a mile the next day, do a couple 120s another. There, we'd have ball workouts, but it wasn't that much focus on compared to fitness because it's hard to get fitness back. Any athlete knows like if you're off for a week, that can take you two more weeks to get back to where you're at. So it was just a lot of like fitness and not really a lot of ball work. But honest, obviously, like if it wasn't sent to me, I'd still do stuff on the side on my own with those fitness tests and as you said you know you're running miles and, and things of that nature to keep up when you first started how how off the pace were you in terms of what you were shooting for in, in a goal to get your fitness back well at first I was like okay because like he gave us those first two weeks off like we were like here from quarantine and then like first like three weeks of March we weren't doing anything and they're like okay workout time and I was like geez, this is going to be hard to get back into because we were used to practicing five days a week, you know, an hour and a half with weights, like in between. So me sitting at home those first two weeks, I was like a little winded, if I'm being honest. Like when we did that first run, I was like, ooh, like it's going gonna, it's gonna to take me a minute to get back to where I was at or to even be better than I want to be before. How important was it for both you and your team to make sure – that you were on top of things. I know, as you said, you know, it can be hard to get fitness back, but when you first got back to campus and, and started conditioning with the team, was it pretty noticeable that everybody was able to stay up or that maybe people had a harder time with the fitness? What was, what was that level like when you got back as a team to condition? I mean, it definitely was like half and half in my opinion. Like you can tell there was like girls who like worked their butt off the, the whole time during the whole summer, whole quarantine. Then there was others, you know, who, you know, some didn't go 100%. And, like, everyone's workout regimen is different. So some girls be working two times a week and think that's, like, enough. And then others could be doing it the whole seven days and be like, okay, this is, like, good for me. So it just varies with everybody. But overall, I think we're all pretty fit. How do you feel personally? Are you – you feel like you're ready to – I think everybody's itching to get back in there. But once mm -hmm. game play, you know, the 11-on-11 11 11 in practice and – Obviously, come come the springtime, do you think everybody's going to be ready to go? I think everybody will be ready to go because we're all going to have that adrenaline to finally be able to get back into, like, the speed of things, like game time. Like, this is it. This is the time we have to go hard and go 100%. And, like, I believe we should still be doing that on the field, which we are right now. But when time comes, everybody will be, like, fitted up, in my opinion, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, everybody will be in, in game shape. I think that's yeah. what you hear a lot of. In sports, no matter the level, it's about getting back into game shape. I know, like, with the NBA and the NHL, taking that time off and then jumping right into the yeah, postseason, that was sure. a – Everybody was like, oh, here we go. Because a, a lot of people didn't think they were going to get back into things. Because when they said they were going to bring the NBA back in the summer, I was like, that's a, that's a stretch. But, I mean, look where we are. Western Conference and Eastern Conference Finals are about now. So they, they made it work, and everybody seems kind of fit. Obviously, I'm not a pro athlete, so their fit is definitely probably different than my fit. <laughs> But they're at the, the level they need to be. And like you said, I mean, not only when the conference finals, but maybe about five days away from the finals really getting right, underway. Yeah. And that was the thing, I think, with both basketball and hockey because they stopped midseason. Uh, there was a lot of concern. But they spent about a month, each team, about two weeks in their own facilities and then two weeks in the in the bubbles the bubble, that they yeah. had to. So, I mean, it just shows that even the, the best athletes out there need – to get back into it a, right. a month or so and, and it just shows even when you're at your peak athleticism you know peak human athleticism it's still not easy to get that fitness back right no away. yeah it's it's not at all it's so hard <laughs> completely agree so as you said went back home for the summer and for quarantine back to vegas and being from vegas i think soccer in the united states is one popularity is growing especially in the women's game but oh for sure de over the last 10 20 years hasn't been as popular as obviously you know the basketballs the baseballs the footballs but what was the soccer community and soccer really in vegas like growing up well back home like it's so you may think like vegas is like this big like town blah blah, blah but no it's definitely really small so everybody knows everybody in the soccer community like 
compared to like California, they have like 60 club teams in like one county. In our one Las Vegas, we have four like big club teams. So, I mean, but a lot of clubs like disbanded or were bought out. Like me growing up, there's a, definitely a bunch of clubs that I know now that were different clubs growing up. But a lot of things like, you know, how club soccer goes, there's politics involved. So teams get bought out, different names, blah, blah, blah. Like a bunch of stuff changes. But it's definitely popular. Like soccer, if you're not playing soccer, you're playing basketball as like a female. But soccer is like the main thing back home for female athletes at least. Now, played a lot of soccer growing up, but were there any other sports that, I know you said basketball is one, but was there anything else that you were jumping into um, as a child? Um, I ran track when I was like six and then stopped because like that wasn't for me. But then high school came around. So my freshman year, mom was like, you should just go run track. And I was like, okay, like might as well. So I ran a little bit of track and then I wanted to quit, but she said no. So then my sophomore year, I was like, okay, I'll do track, but I'm not going to run. So I did shot put and discus and I'm not that strong. So, I mean, I did it just because my mom said so. (laughs) But yeah, that's pretty much it that I used to do and basketball too for a minute. Well, they say, you know, the, the relatively untrue rumor about track in high school is it's all the, the football and soccer and basketball players. I really, I've never heard of that before. That's really? crazy. No, I've never heard of that. Like, back home, at least, if you run track, you were a track runner. Like, every sport kind of stayed to their own. Maybe there was, like, one or two football players who ran track, two or three from basketball, and there was, like, none from soccer. Oh, wow. That's a lot different than in Arizona. And, again, not, not that Arizona has – you know, pumped out a ton of track, you know, Olympic yeah. level track athletes or even pro track athletes. But when you look at high school track meets, you see a lot of, oh, yeah, that guy played football and, you know, a lot that's, of. That's crazy. I've never heard of that. That's that's something new to me and something I've learned. That's that's crazy. Well, and it depends on the state, right? I think Vegas for being a, a town that now it's growing, right? They have the Raiders. They have the Golden Knights. But yeah. for up until 2017, no major professional sports teams. They had the WNBA come the year before the Golden Knights. Yeah, the Aces, yeah. The Aces came in. So, I mean, other than the the XFL team for that one year, there hadn't been a ton of high-level professional sports, mm. but still a lot of great athletes coming out of Vegas. Oh, of course, yeah. We have a couple. There's this guy, I don't know his name, but he used to play for the Rams back in, like, 2013, 2014. And he's, like, a local. And then we have Bryce Harper. He went to Vegas High School and then went to CSN for baseball at the JUCO out there. And He's, like, the one person everybody knows from Vegas who, like, came out and, like, did something big, like, made a big impact on professional sports. Yeah, and I think a lot of, especially at, like, college football levels, too, a lot of good athletes that come from Vegas. Why do you think, despite the lack of professional sports influence up until now, there were so many great athletes in in Las Vegas? I just think it's a lot of drive for, like, all the athletes I know back home everyone was very driven like they they had a goal they wanted to achieve it like my friend her name's Giselle she and her and I went to the same high school and she wasn't from like I don't want to say like a nice area but like she like grinded and grinded and now she was running like D1 track at UNLV and then transferred and is still running D1 track at SUU so it's a lot of it that has to deal with like drive because coming from Vegas like we don't like you said we don't have any I don't want to say hometown heroes we don't have any professional athletes to really look up to so a lot of them want to make it on their own to be like I'm going to be the one that's going to be that hometown athlete for kids or whoever to look up to to make it seem like they're from Vegas they can do it why can't I well when it comes to the soccer community and and particularly the female soccer community you definitely could be one of those players as you had an excellent freshman season but before we jump into how great you were let's talk about how your journey here when did you first hear about OUAZ I'm going to be honest. I didn't know Ottawa was until Brian. It was 2018. It was my junior year, and we were at a tournament in Vegas. And I just got, like, an email the next day saying, hey, I'm Brian Thames from Ottawa University. And I'm like, oh, what is that? And I searched it up, and Canada comes up. And I was like, I don't – this isn't a thought in the world. Like, I'm not going to go do that. Then, like, he called me. He said, oh, we're from Arizona. And I was like, never heard of you. But then come to find out, obviously, the school is three years old. So I'm like, oh, like – Maybe that's probably why, because they're not on the map. Like, when I tell people I go to Ottawa, they're like, what is that? And I'm like, it's this really small school and surprise, where you probably don't know where it's at. So I'm just like, oh, we're in Phoenix. Like, we're we're near there. We're not, like, some remote town. Like, it's there's stuff to do. Yeah, it's definitely one of those towns that, like you said, you just, you just got to say Phoenix. 
Yeah. Nobody, nobody knows where it's, where it's at, especially, uh, I mean, some people in Phoenix don't even know where Surprise no, is No, yeah, I've been down there, and they're like, oh, where are you from? Like, oh, like, we go to school in Surprise. They're like, what's that? And I'm like, wow, you're a, you're a local and don't even know where that's at. You just got to say Sun City. Everybody knows where Sun City is. Oh, okay, is, yeah. So. I, don't, I don't, the only thing I don't like about Arizona is this. There's a city and a city and a city, and I don't like. You can go two streets down in El Mirage, or like you said, Sun City or Glendale. And I'm like, that's, I don't like that. It doesn't make sense to me. You shouldn't leave the area, and then it's this whole new city all of a sudden. Yeah, it's <laughs> when you look at a map of Arizona. I mean, where I had grown up, it was on the border of like you would pull out of the out of the neighborhood that I lived in, and if you went a quarter mile east, you were technically in Phoenix. You're yeah, out see? of Glendale and in Phoenix, and you know, Phoenix, technically the city of Phoenix stretches all the way up to basically like a quarter of the way to Flagstaff. Really? Yeah. That, whoa, that's far. Because that's like northern Arizona, right? Yeah. yeah. And so my parents actually have a house up uh, about two, three miles south of Anthem on the Carefree Highway. And their address is technically Phoenix, Arizona. That, jeez. See, I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people don't like that either because it's, it's very confusing that uh, where I reside at now technically a glendale address through the post office but um by actual like boundaries it's a a city of phoenix so we get city of phoenix like residential you know oh, like the water the the trash yeah. things of that nature so arizona for you know as simple as the streets are in terms of it's very it's a grid system definitely because bell stretches all the way down to like scottsdale area and i'm like that's crazy how there's just this one long road that can take you to three different cities in the span of like 20 30 minutes yeah you literally could just drive on that an hour and, and all of a sudden as you said you're you're through four different <laughs> municipalities yeah it's crazy so you hear about it and you know you think you're going to canada first and yeah it turns out you're just taking a trip uh just down the 60 a little bit um but when do you first visit OUZ when do you come make your official visit and what are your first impressions of the school I came the summer for my senior year so August 2018 yeah August 2018 I came and uh, I was like this is it like there was the dorms weren't there the, like the student union wasn't there and I was like oh this is not like college campus at all so Skelly takes me up to the parking garage me and my mom and my uncle and he's like yeah, this is going to be here, this is going to be here, this is going to be here. And I'm like, so this is just, this is this is barely happening. So this isn't even like a thing yet. So I was kind of like on edge a little. I was like, this is this is like different. But like in terms of like the team and stuff, I met like a lot of the girls went to a scrimmage and like they were all, re they were all really nice and welcoming. So that's like something I definitely like kept in mind before like I made like a real decision. I was like, I want to be somewhere where I'm comfortable and not make it feel like, oh, like, I wanted to make it feel like I'm home, a home away from home, if that makes sense. So it doesn't feel like I'm at a college campus, like doing this on my own. Yeah, I'm sure it hadn't been the first time people have looked at Skelly a little bit sideways. Uh, we do it here pretty often in the office to begin <laughs> with. But uh, uh, when you're up there, um, as you said, you're kind of like, okay, well, this is brand new. How much did you actually believe him that what is up now? I mean, we can't see it. Got the sun shades down, yeah. but you can kind of peek through the sun shades. The dorms are there. The union is there. We're in the building. When he first told you about it, how much did you actually believe him? I was like, I'm like, okay, I don't know this man that well. But, I mean, if someone's going to say it's there, I don't think they would just BS that. So, I'm, I was I had, I was strong, like, had strong about it. I was like, okay, like, if he thinks this is going to be a thing and he's, like, someone who works here, I'm going to believe him on it. You know, because he wouldn't sell me an idea and then not make it happen at all. Because if that were the case, definitely wouldn't have been here if, if none of that was still there. <laughs> Yeah, I, I agree, and I don't think a lot of people we've had uh, on the podcast in terms of athletes may have still been here or yeah. been guests if if at least it, there wasn't progress made, but progress made a lot faster than I Oh, think. definitely. From, like, the time I was here in 2018 and then when we had came, like, back, right, when we had to like, come to school, like, the union was almost done, like, this place was almost done, and then our dorms, too. So, like, it definitely – it was definitely, like, a quick – like, this is done type thing. So I was like, okay, then this is legit then. Did you drive or fly here for your visit? I drove. I mean, it's four, only four hours away, so it's not like it's a huge trip. So we just drove, and then we got here, and I was like, this is it. This is, like, a really, really cute little, like, small town. And my mom was like, let's go to Phoenix. And she checked her phone. She was like, 40 minutes? Never mind. Like, that's a drive. Like, for us, back home at least, like, if you live over 30 minutes away, we're not going to go. Like, if it's not around the corner not going to meet you but here or people from california especially they're like oh an hour isn't that far and i'm like i'm not driving an hour to visit anybody no no one at all 
See, I'm a native of this city, and I am in the same boat as you. If yeah, it, see? If, and you know what? It's not even the time that's the issue. It's if I get on the freeway and I have to touch my brakes once to – other than trying to get off the freeway, I'm going to be very upset. Yeah. No, especially I've been on the freeway a couple of times and there's traffic and I'm like, there should not be this many cars at noon right now. There's nothing is here in Arizona. Why is there so much like commuting happening right now? It should never be that much at all. No, I agree. I mean, there's times where I stay in this office when it's rush hour because I'm just not going to do it. Not going to do it. Yeah. So I'll, just, <laughs> I'll sit here and do something productive before I sit in traffic. So Right. You go to Eichner Point up on the parking garage. You sold something that isn't there yet. And obviously, we know the end of the story. But you get in the car. What do your mom and your uncle say to you? They're like, so, like, what are your thoughts on it? I'm like, well, what are your guys'? And they're like, well, you know, I'm going to be honest. This doesn't feel like a real, like, university. And I'm like, yeah, because, like, it's just smaller and stuff. Like, my mom, she's worked in, like, higher education. She worked, like, at financial aid at UNLV for years and years. So she was like, I know, like, well, like a real college is like, and this doesn't like look like it. And I was like, yeah, like as when I was here, obviously all they had was the, I call it the hallway. And I was like, my high school is bigger than this. This can't be like a four year university. So I was, I was definitely like iffy, but I was like, you know what? Like I'm going to go with my gut, you know, God's got me, whatever happens, happens. So signed came with it. And then I came next summer, said goodbye to my family. And then I was here. <laughs> now, did you have any other offers or were any other schools pursuing you? Yeah, there was a couple. There was um, another NAI in South Dakota. No, I'm not. And I was really, like, one of my biggest decisions when picking colleges, I didn't want to be that far from home. And I wanted to be a drive away. So this was actually, like, perfect. Because if I went to somewhere in South Dakota, I have to take a plane somewhere. And then I had some D3 in New York, once again, too far for me. So I was like, you know what? This is, this is fine. This is perfect. It's around the corner. has my beliefs. I, like, I really, one of my, like, highlights of my visit was, that they had like spirit life so i was like okay that's like because like god's like a big factor in my life so that's something that i like that they had here so like they don't like push it on you but like it's something we do and i like it yeah i think that's with the spirit life and and with the religious factor it's like you said it's an option there for the the athletes and and the students i mean there's a lot of students especially this year yeah that are are no longer athletes It's, it's crazy there's about half the students on campus i've seen where i'm like I don't think that person's on a team or I, you know. No, yeah, all of the dorms, like, I live there, obviously. And last year, like, not every room was filled. But this year, every every room is full. And I'm like, that's crazy. Like, there's, we have, this is a lot of students. And people, like, upperclassmen friends who I have, they're like, we would have never even thought, like, this would even be a thing when, like, they were on their visit. And I was like, well, yeah, it, it happened. Here it is. Like, even for parking, like, everyone even if you get here early, has to park in the dirt or in, like, the court area. So it's crazy how fast it's, like, expanded, even in a year since I've been here. Yeah, I've, I've also been here a year. I started in August of 2019, and especially on Wednesdays, if you don't get to this athletics right outside Faith Arena Dell Center, if you don't get to that parking lot in time, yeah, it's you're, over. you're going to be walking from uh, the Field of Dreams parking lot. Yeah, to, no, to for sure, office. 100%. So you make the decision to come here and you get here and obviously when you get here the fields here the bleachers are in dorms are being done right there's a lot more progress yeah. that's been made since you had visited the year prior but what were your first thoughts you know it's your first time away from home not too far only four hours yeah. up the road a 45 minute flight or so but what's it like to finally be on your own in a certain sense and and start the journey to being a college athlete I was kind of nervous, not going to lie, because I'm only child, so it's always just been me and, like, my mom and my family. So coming out here, I was like, I don't know if I can, like, handle this, you know, because every team I've been on, like, in club and stuff, like, we go to practice and then we go home, and then that's it. So, but here, you come to practice, you have to go to class, you do weights, you have to do all these other things, and my, my time management is good, and my high school, like, helped me with that, taking AP courses and stuff. But I was just a little, like, on edge. But as soon as, like, that first week hit of, like, fall one, I was like, okay, this is, like, what the routine is. We go to practice at the crack of dawn. We go to class, get stuff done, then do it all again the next day and the next day and the next day. So, I mean, it took it took a little bit of time to, like, get into the rhythm of things, but I ended up getting it sooner or later. <laughs> now, the weight room in the Odell Center ends up opening up at a, at a certain point last year, and we'll get to that in a moment, but... You had mentioned the time management, right? You're maybe a little bit more classes, weights, practice, a little more scattered out, especially with the the working out part because yeah. the weight room wasn't open. How quickly 
were you able to adjust and and i guess how difficult was that adjustment to there's a lot of different places i need to be in an eight to twelve hour span yeah i would just sometimes i would be like dude like i can't do this like i'm stressed out but then there's other times i'd be like okay let's stop being a baby and let's get things done so like before like the night before like on a sunday night we wouldn't like have practice or anything or anything to do i would get my homework done and be like okay this is my schedule for this week let me plan it out real quick so i'd go to practice monday morning do what i have to do eat take shower go to classes from whatever time to whatever time maybe take a little nap and then whenever i get the chance eat dinner do some homework and then do it again so that's basically my time management is if i plan it out through the week up here and may or maybe write it down then I'll be set and, and I'm never like super stressed to the point where I'm like, I can't do this, you know? So everything gets a little bit easier in terms of the dorms open, the union opens, the way, yeah. you know, the Odell Center opens. But the season for you and, and how quickly were you able to get acclimated with your teammates? I know in a certain aspect with team sports, right? Like you're going to become close with your teammates at a certain point, but was it, pretty easy to get close to your teammates was it maybe a little bit of a challenge and as you mentioned you'd playing in the same clubs going to the high school Mm -hmm. things that you know a very set group of people you'd see every you know for the last four years right how easy was it for you to start almost start over in a new city I think it was pretty easy and honestly it got my my freshman class and now the sophomore class we're all pretty tight so i got tight with them really fast since we all lived in the hotel we're uh, this far away from each other super close and we all since we were all going through the same thing we all got tight like immediately and that's what i think really helped like my college experience my freshman year because i made like those girls who i met and who are still like my best friends today we got so tight and they're part of my team and we were all going through the same things i was like you know what this who I'm like gonna stick with. And obviously there was like the whole team in general, like as a whole was very welcoming. Like there were seniors who definitely were like, if you need anything, like it was genuine. It wasn't for us to be like, okay, well, Shelly told me to like talk to the freshmen. So let me talk to the freshmen. It wasn't like that at all. So there was a lot of, there was a lot of people who definitely like made me feel like I wasn't even home. Like when I got like the first week, my mom's like, oh, you didn't call me. And I was like, well, like, I was having fun, like making new teammates and like friends who I know I'm gonna like keep around for a while. They were all real genuine to me. How uh, how upset that your was your mom that you didn't call her that first week? Oh, she she was so upset. She was like, she was like, you didn't like you need to call me or anything. And I was like, oh no, I was I was fine. It's not like anything was bad. And then like when I when she dropped me off, I didn't cry or anything. I was just like, all right, bye. And my like younger cousin was with her, and she my cousin told me she was like, yeah, your mom was crying. And I was like, dude, for what? I was like, it's okay. But then sooner or later, like the homesickness hit me like the hardest when. We went to California, and, like, a lot of our girls were from California, so everyone's parents, like, got to come out and watch them play and stuff, and I was like, dang, like, where is mine type thing? So I kind of, that's, like, when it, like, hit the hardest when I was like, okay, like, I'm really, I was, like, so distracted with all the fun I was having when it came down to where I saw other people's parents coming to hug them and, like, say they miss them and, like, see them play. I was like, all right, I'm not, like, at home at all. (laughs) Yeah, and I think that's when it hits you, right? Like you said, you don't see a lot of that with, you know, the kids, obviously the kids from Arizona, maybe a little bit of an expectation that other oh, parents are going to be here and mm-hmm. they might be living with them, et cetera, et cetera. But like you said, a lot of teammates had a homecoming when they went back to California. Yeah. And it's tough because uh, at least for you in, in terms of going back to Nevada or Las Vegas, there isn't any opportunity on the schedule. At least there wasn't last year. So to even go like see my family really. So I was like, it's so good, but we had, one of our um, girls from last year, Ki'i, she would come out to Vegas a lot because her boyfriend would live there. So a couple of the weekends, like in the springtime, I would go down there with her. So that that during the springtime, it felt good to know that I can just go home. But at the same time, I didn't want to go home every weekend to see, so I can feel like not comfortable because going back every weekend because I don't want to make, make that homesickness happen again because I keep going back every time. Now – for your mom it had to be really difficult because you know being the only child yeah. and having you in the house for 18 years and yeah. all of a sudden you're out off to here. college yeah um was she able to i guess for lack of a better term come to terms with it right like like you said maybe a little tough early but um she was able to because i think she started to realize around like september she like that i was in good hands and i was responsible enough and i'm like good enough like mentally and like as a, just a person in general to handle my own and because she was we had a talk before she was like I'm just nervous like I don't know 
what you're gonna do or if they're gonna change you and I was like I'm gonna be honest like I'm there's gonna be new experiences that I do it's the first time I'm living on my own with no rules having to come home at a certain time or do any of these other things so yeah I'm gonna experience and do stuff on my own but then she started to realize that I have a good head on my shoulders and I don't I don't follow the crowd and I just do me basically so she was she was okay with it but when we came back for Christmas she was really happy to like see that I was like finally home and then she had to do it all again this summer so and I told her I was like you can't be crying this time and she didn't so I was give her props for that one well I I'm not gonna go on record to blame her because <laughs> I I'll, ne- I'll never be a mother and I'll never be a parent <laughs> you know I've never been a parent in that situation so yeah can't imagine what that's like but has she been able to come out to any games yeah she came to one last year i believe we played marymount so it was like early september she had came out she works a lot so like she can't just like make the drive or like try to cut off time work but she used to work like watch them on like her computer too at work and stuff so she'd she'd support me like if she wasn't here physically in the bleachers i knew she was at home in her office watching the games were you able to make that trip to phoenix with her that you guys weren't able to make on the first visit Oh, no, we still aren't going. <laughs> no, yeah, no. I Maybe because I'm from, like, a big city, per se. I've seen Phoenix, and I'm like, this is nothing special down here. Maybe I haven't seen the good parts or, like, the best parts, but, like, Westgate's cool, I guess. Like, it's nothing special to me. And maybe because I have such a high expectation of being from Vegas, and I think, you know, downtown Fremont and, like, the Strip, that's, like, my expectation of, like, what a city should really, like, look like, I guess. I promise you, there's, uh, as much as I, like this city and i'm you know i'm from glendale phoenix area uh, when you go that way they not not too much special yeah. nothing to compete with fremont street or or the strip yeah or whatever, scottsdale maybe. though i will give props to scottsdale i do like it down there it's very it gives me more of like a las vegas s like for like the mall area scene type thing so down there i do like it a lot but like i said phoenix is not that tempe nice tempe is nice too they have a nice like downtown area i went maybe like two or three weeks ago down the tempe tempe lake i think that's what it's called and they had like a nice little bridge i went down there and it was that was really pretty that's one thing i did like that i went and did it was nice down there tempe town lake is one of those uh you can look but don't touch because you don't know what you'll uh pull out of tempe town lake there's been a lot of mysterious things to pop yeah, and there was of. a couple of sus people too that i was told my friends i was like all right let's let's be aware we're like i know we're in a nice area but there's still some sus people walking around the park right now so let's stay close together well and that's where that train had caught on fire oh whoa i did not know that burned down over by the bridge there um and usually there's at least once a year they pull a dead body out of there and no that's scary and it's one of those things where like you see it and you're just kind of like yeah that's tempe town lake for you (laughs) jeez that's that's scary that i don't like that maybe i won't go down there anytime soon again (laughs) i don't mean to scare you off but no but downtown tempe is is extremely nice. Yeah. Uh, just don't go swimming in Tempe Town Lake. Oh, I don't all. even know how to swim, so it's t- it's fine with me. <laughs> That's good. That's good. And uh, if you guys ever want to see downtown Phoenix, if you pull up the blinds here, you can see you can actually see the skyline from here. I've seen when we went to the parking garage too. Like I, there was like a nice like view of everything and then like Skelly was like oh there's like the cardinal stadium and that's one thing i really did like i was like that's so cool they have like a real arena so i'm like that's kind of nice but i mean we have the las vegas raiders now and that if you see it in real life it's 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 a nice sight to see like honestly allegiance stadium is really nice where they put it dumbest idea ever but where what it looks like really nice uh both cardinals and Arizona Coyotes fans can attest to poor locations of stadiums. So there's a yeah. people are not uh, too pleased with the location of those two stadiums, though they're absolutely beautiful facilities. And I remember I had went to Vegas for Memorial Day of 2019, and they were almost done. Well, I wouldn't say almost done, but they had done the framework for the mm-hmm. stadium. And like you said, it's it's gorgeous. It's something to look at for sure. Did you catch the game on Monday? Oh, I don't, I'm going to be honest. Just I already said this a long time ago, but I said when the Raiders come, I'm still not going to be a Raiders fan. Like Regardless, me and my family are still going to be Pittsburgh Steelers fans at the end of the day. But, I mean, I saw them win. I was happy. I was like, okay. But hearing the announcer say the Las Vegas Raiders, I was like, that's that still doesn't sit right with me. And then we have, like, Raider, like, fan shops, like, in the malls and stuff. And I'm like, this is – I can't believe this really happened because there was a rumor back in, like, 2016. And then to think that it's really happened, it's happening now, it's crazy. Well, and it felt like the second that – they had announced they were going to move to Vegas, that those fan shops popped up quick. No, yeah, it was quick. I remember it was like two summers ago, me and my friends went to the mall, like the fashion show mall, which is like in the Strip, and they're like the Raiders store. And I'm like, is this, 
actually going to happen? Because if people buy all this Las Vegas Raiders gear, everyone's going to look like a clown. But obviously, look, come to find out, it's really here and it's really happening. I remember I had uh, one of my previous jobs. It was actually at Grand Canyon University. For their ice hockey team, they played the UNLV ice hockey team. I didn't and even I, know we had an ice hockey team. Yeah, it's now that the night the Golden Knights are there, I think it's probably a little more popular now. Getting yeah. out there, and when we had traveled, there was between one of the games we went to the one I can't remember which mall it was. It was just outside the city, um, and this was like in the fall of like 2017, I think even. Oh, and I think I know what mall you're talking about. Downtown Summerlin. Were you up there? Yeah, it yeah, was Summerlin. Say, downtown okay. Summerlin is a little a little out. Yeah, and uh, it was like the fall of 27. Like, I don't even know if that was a year after they announced it and going into the sports shop. There was mm-hmm. Las Vegas Raiders. Already. Stuff. And it's like you said, like if they didn't show up. Like, it would have been really upsetting to everybody. I just know everybody in Oakland was really, really upset about that. And I was like, I, if I were you, I'd still be upset too. But, I mean, they can just all fly down here, drive down here if they want to see the Raiders that bad. And I know all, all the Raiders fans I know, they're like, die hard about it so they'd make the trip for sure yeah i have a a buddy who's from the south bay san jose area and he was pretty upset that the raiders are leaving and uh, but i think the raiders are kind of like one of those teams almost like the steelers where they have such a large fan base just all over that Mm -hmm. even i mean not that i don't think the steelers would ever move out of pittsburgh but if there was a situation you know the raiders moving out of oakland the fan base follows for the Mm -hmm. most part so um and for you i mean you know, just like the Raiders did, you made a pretty impressive debut in your college debut. Yeah. <laughs> um, and an eleven nothing route of Park Gilbert, you score a goal, grab an assist as well. You have seven shots with five of them on goal. I mean, you're just. Out that there was. Fighting. I remember. I was. I was really nervous for that because I was like, it's like our first home game. Like, I don't want to play bad or just. I don't want to. I don't want to do bad because like I. I set the bar really high for myself, and I'm my biggest critic in my opinion. So when we were like playing and like i had a starting spot i was like oh no so like this is i can't screw up now because i have like a spot to keep and during the game i kind of had some moments where i was like dude come on but then there was times where I was like okay like we got this like we're doing good right now but overall i think i think i did okay that game we won at the end of the day so i could care less if i scored zero or anything but we won our first like home opener so i was happy about that what were the nerves what were the thoughts how were you feeling uh, not only in the game but the lead up to during practice, I would just I didn't it didn't really hit me that we were having like our first home game until the day really because like during the week I was like okay I'm just practicing like this is another day we're just gonna all go hard and stuff and then day before we were like kind of working on like set pieces and stuff and I was like okay it's so, like this is really happening and then game time we come in the locker room everything is set up for us and that's the first time I had like seen it like that because obviously I've never played like a college sport so I was like whoa this is like not professional but this is like a this is more than a club game you know. Then we started the game, and I just kind of did did whatever, played, played. Because when I'm on the field, I obviously I'm like, okay, like this is serious, but like I'm trying to have fun at the end of the day. You know, I don't want to psych myself up too much by being too serious or focusing too hard or anything. Now with Park Gilbert, obviously they're in their first year, just like any other first year program. It's going to be a it's lot of growing pains. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, I I think when you look at that game, maybe people from the outside would say oh you know it was just a, you know you just beat up on a brand new program so right but for you you show that to a goal and an assist and 11 nothing win over a brand new program just wasn't a fluke for you uh you end up going on basically a four game point streak including that part gilbert game yeah. you get an assist in the next one against oregon tech Oh, I didn't even, I forgot about that. <laughs> and then uh on the road you go to Oregon you have a goal against Warner in a, in a 3-0 win and then in a 2 f- uh, 4-2 loss to Corbin and uh <sighs> that game was so we were up and they just they just came back and we were all like wow this is okay cool but like, I don't that, that game was full of emotions I remember we were leaving the park and Skelly's van they were playing um oh I forgot how oh you had a bad day they were playing he was playing that song and I was like wow so he really is embarrassing us right now <laughs> Yeah, I, he was pretty upset about the four goals in the second half. And yeah, it was they were all terrible too. That's like the thing that made it so much worse. They weren't like it was like good goals. They were just mistakes on our part. So I was like, dang. But I mean, it is what it is. We the, the game was in the past. Once we got back. Yeah, and uh, you know, so you go on that four game point streak. Uh, you don't end up picking up one against Embry Riddle, but then you score again against Marymount, and it, it really starts this just 
fantastic freshman season. You know, you play at Soka on the road, 6-1. You scored two goals and two assists. Let's talk about that game in particular. That game was – that was I, that's a game that for me like I'll definitely remember from my freshman year because I don't I don't even know what happened like they were to me they, they were good it's not like they were like some like a park Gilbert or anything like to me they were really good and for me to like still be able to score and distribute I I thought I had a really good game that day and I was like okay six one two of them two of them were goals and two of them were assists I was I was happy at the end of the day for that game for sure great shooting percentage as well great conversion percentage three shots on goal two goals obviously and all your shot attempts were on goal so very efficient day for yourself to go along with the two assists so um then you break into conference play and you decide to go on yet another four game point streak score against san diego christian score two against hope international in that wild that game game, man that game i always say this and i say this to this day it was one of the best games i've ever played in my entire life for soccer because that is a game where i had to really we all had to just dig deep for us to really win and for us to there it's a back and forth back and forth goal 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 and then to go into overtime there was there was so many emotions in that game that's i always remember that game because that's the day crossed her out on the corner over there my little video that i had on twitter kind of went crazy and i was like wow this was this that was a really good game and yeah not only did you cross the hope defender out but that was for the game tire too that was huge um but let's talk about that game just real quick because as you said the emotions are wild so hope scores the first two uh one in the 14th minute one in the 30th minute then you score in the 39th minute 14 seconds later they score. So you're down 2 nothing. You score 2-1. Okay. We're right there still. 14 seconds later, they score. What's what's the feeling by everybody after that? Well, I was just like, okay, you guys, this is nothing. We still have a whole half. If Basically, the motto was if they can do it, we can do it better than them. So we had our halftime, and we were like, all right, guys, we can score. Like, they are no better than us. This is a competitive game, and we've if we can show them that we can score on them, which we already did. So let's do it again to them just four more times. And then we did. And I think that's that's a game that we all, all of us really were like, okay, guys, we can, let's have this confidence and do what we came to do, and that's win. Probably a big confidence. Fusu was scoring right before the half. Haley Howard scored 44th yeah, minute. That Haley, was that's my girl, dude. She's super good. And then uh, Key, as we mm-hmm, mentioned earlier, Key. she scored uh, about uh, just under two minutes, or yeah, just under two minutes into the second half. And then they take the lead then you tie it uh, less than three minutes later and then sarah with arguably sarah. the goal of the year just oh 100 percent. that that was a nice banger from the outside I, she has a good like that girl can hit it so on like on frame and it's so hard so that when she like hit it i was like oh but then i was like why am i tripping i know she's gonna make it in and then she did and hope hope went away <laughs> I just remember that game. She's carrying, you know, there's save down there. She's carrying it, and they're backing off. And I know yeah. they're backing off because they don't want anybody, you know, they don't want to cross behind them because mm-hmm. Sarah's good at that too, right? Yeah. Like she, as you said, not only the pinpoint accuracy on the shot, but if she just wants to drop one in there, it'll get there. Mm-hmm. They are probably looking out for you. You'd already scored twice. Um, but they just kept backing, and I, Sarah just, like, kind of slowed and just wound up and – that ball, probably for me, I know for you and, and you know Sarah a lot better, especially like in practice, you're probably like, oh, yeah, that's going in. But I'm like watching this ball and it's going. I'm like, oh. And like as it's getting close, I'm like, that's going to go in. Yeah. No, that's why I was like, they they should have not backed off of her because if she has if she has space and time, Sarah's going to kick it and it's going to go in no matter how far she is from the goal. So that was that was not a good good defensive moment for them at all. And I could tell the key. You could tell the keeper too. Like that ball shot, and probably thinking the same thing. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, why is she shooting this far out? And then as it gets closer, she, you can see the keeper. Like, oh, wait a minute. I'm gonna have to try and make a save mm-hmm. on this, and it goes right over her. Sarah wins it for us. That was man. That was a good game. Nice night game to play too. That was insane. And and so you start on this just absolute great point. Really, we talked about go against San Diego Christian, the big game against Hope International. You score against ACU. That was a good game. That ACU, I'm glad we played them. That was nice. Yeah, I mean, that was actually the f- – playing ACU for women's soccer was actually the first win for any OUAZ team. Really? Pro- yeah. I didn't know that. A one nothing win. And 
Ask Skelly about that game. He, uh, I remember talking to him about it actually at the beginning of last year, and he just, he's like, look, we, you know, they were taking it to us, and, and we scored and we won, and it was just one of those things where it's like, yeah, that's soccer. That'll happen mm-hmm. sometimes. But why was, you know, obviously ACU's your rival, but why was that? Why was that such a good game? You score uh, seven seconds before halftime. Yeah. That was the last. That was the last goal that was needed. It was a two nothing mm-hmm. win. But what particularly about that game was was so good? I just have um, such a competitive like mindset sometimes. So any even like in high school, we'd play our rival high school, and I'd be like, okay, guys, like this is the game where we need to show up and show out, especially like if we're at home. And at the college level, I know I was like, okay, this is even more serious. So let's put like I'm gonna be more nitty gritty than ever because I want to shove it down their throat in that game. Their center back was already, like, talking mess to me, and me and her were kind of already going at it. So the fact that and I scored on her, too, on her, with that much time left, I was like, okay, this is this is what we're about. So see what you can, like, do with us. And obviously they didn't do anything because we still won. Yeah, he shut him out in the second half, which, I mean, for your team, and really I think at just the, the conference in general, games aren't one nothing, one one. They They can get pretty uh, – pretty wide open in, in terms sure. of, of getting it going. So, um, I mean, you count here. So one, two, three, four, five game point streak to start your conference career. How much how much did that really boost your confidence? You're scoring big goals, right? You score a goal against ACU. You score a, a highlight reel goal against Hope to tie the game. Um, so you, not only are you scoring, but you're scoring in important moments. You're making contributions all over the field. How important were the first five games for your confidence? I think it really boosted my confidence a lot because, like, obviously, like, I scored in preseason and stuff, and that didn't matter. So, to me, like, I had, like, an end goal for me, like, a point to prove, like, okay, yeah, you can sh- yeah, you can do good in preseason games, but can you show up when it's needed in these conference games that matter? So, when I did score and did contribute and help the team like, to win, I was like, okay, my, like, confidence is up. Like, I can still do this even when it matters. Now, the team was on its way. um you know, obviously Westmont's an incredible team, and, and they're yeah. probably going to take the the top spot. But maybe you know, an opportunity to try and at least get a, a first round by get a top two seed in, mm-hmm. in a conference tournament. And the season doesn't end the way you're hoping. You lose to Vanguard, a, a real tough one against yeah. Westmont, and then that was yeah, that was that was bad game. <laughs> and then against the Masters as well, uh, a three two loss, one that uh, Masters scores three times twice in the uh, first half, and then they score 45 seconds into the second half. Um, Kiana Barrow scores in the 57th minute, and then you score in the 80th minute to pull it within one. On a, I remember I, that game. That was, a, that was a solid game. We were all just trying to really get at them because, the, once again, there were goals that, like, were so silly. And then we were like, dang, like, we these shouldn't have happened. We could have had – like, a lot of these games that we did lose, I think we could have had them if we – change things like even me personally I could have done better and changed things so as a whole it was just little mistakes that everybody did that made us not come out with the win so a tough three game losing streak to to end the regular season and and I know for you maybe um an injury for you hampering you a little bit but you're you're still performing I mean again in that Masters game a goal and an assist so you were in on all two of the team's goals yeah um now you're in the postseason even though Season doesn't end the way you're looking for. You're at home. The first NAIA postseason game ever at any OUAZ home facility. Yeah. And you're playing a team that <laughs> you crossed up <laughs> and won an overtime thriller against. What was the feeling like during that week in practice and, and during pregame for the first round of the GSAC tournament? I just remember um, Brian was telling us, he was like, they're going to want to put it down your throat. They have a like a big point to prove to us that they are better than us and they're gonna come for revenge. And since we beat them how we beat them, just how that whole game went in general, they were up and for them to lose, they're gonna come to get you, like really get into you. So he was that was just like a whole prep of like we can't we can't put our foot off the gas. Like we have to not come in cocky or come in thinking we're gonna win this. We have to come in thinking this is just a new team we're playing and we have to just go at them. In that game, especially early, we thought we were going to get deja vu uh, in the 14th minute. Hope scores. Mm-hmm. And, okay, here we go. It's going to yeah. be up tempo. But surprisingly, uh, it's one nothing after halftime. Yeah, after that the, was that was weird. I definitely thought like it was going to. They might have like scored. Like you said, deja vu would happen again. They scored two or 
we score, but it's 1-0, and we're like, oh, this is, like, different. So, like, halftime, we're like, okay, like, we need to score then so we can get up on the board. So then we see the deja vu in the second half. Yeah. And so Paige Marie Hernandez scores in the 50th minute. Kiana scores in the 56th minute. And so all of a sudden you're down or down one nothing up to one. Ten minutes later, Hope scores again. Uh, Giselle Avila scores her second. She scored the first one, scores the second one. Then less than four minutes later, they score again. And then Cassidy ties the game. Cass, love her. Shout the, out to her, man. In the 82nd minute. So there's about uh, – there was a wild stretch to start that second half. In 20 minutes, there's four goals, ending with Hope up 3-2. What was the feeling like? It's such a wild ride in the first 20 minutes of that second half. You go from down one nothing to up two one to down three two. How were you guys able to kind of get back to back to neutral, or at least as much as back to neutral as you can yeah. after that wild stretch? We were just like, okay, guys, we just need to calm down. We have time. Let's just relax and play. Because a lot of the times, like during the game, like as a player, when like emotions are high like that with goals back to back, back to back, you just want to keep trying to score, keep trying to score. But sometimes you just gotta slow it down, just play possession, like, just play our game. That's, like, a big thing, like, in soccer, especially like, when a lot of emotions are, just play our game. Play simple and just do what we came to do, which is win. So probably the biggest game in program history to this point, obviously. Yeah. And Cassidy scores 82nd minute. Technically, time of the goal, 81-22. So yeah. less than nine minutes to go. Um, so Cassidy scores, it's 3-3, you played your game, now you're tied. How do you guys settle down from, okay, now we're tied, how do you refocus and say, it literally is next goal wins at this point? We honestly were like, come on guys, like we, we needed to step our foot on the gas, like go mode, like we can't settle with a tie because it's just going to be another repeat of last time. Let's shut them down right now while we can instead of making it more of a game when we can win it right here. So that's a lot of, a lot of just... Keep going, keep going, keep going, keep digging deep. So, for yourself, scored a lot of goals, scored a lot of big goals, and that doesn't change in this game. You score in the 88th minute. Yeah, that was a weird. That was a weird goal. I didn't. I was already on my ankle, like sprained ankle, so I didn't play the first half. And obviously, like I knew I was like hurt, so I wasn't gonna try to risk anything early on. So then Skelly was like, "Well, dude, you need to go in." I'm like, he didn't say, "Well, dude, this is my verbiage." I'm like, "Well, all right then." So I go in. I'm a little, like, limp at first, and you can definitely, like, see it if you watch back the games. You can definitely see, like, I wasn't playing to, like, my best potential. But then I just – the adrenaline just kicked in for everything. So that last minute, man, we're going down the line. I make the girl, and I'm like, I can I can win this for us. Take shot, hits off page, and it goes in. And I was like, dude, we, we won it. Like, there – because there was – I don't remember how much time was, like, left, but I know it wasn't a lot to try to go ahead and then get a goal. So it was a lot of emotions, a lot of emotions. Yeah, in that game, I think particularly, I think just after the ankle injury happens, I know watching some of the games, there was times, especially down the line where you would have, you know, put the Jets on and, and walked by a girl who just maybe wasn't there just due to the injury. But yeah. as you said, when when you get your opportunity, you get it to go. And there's two minutes and 28 seconds left after you score that goal. What a wild ride in the second half, mm-hmm. as we talked about. Down one nothing, up 2-1, down 3-2. Now up 4-3, yeah. and you scored. How do you guys prepare for the final 228? And you know, like, okay, this is it. Yeah, we just – you just need to – at that point, we were like, calm down. Like, don't make any silly mistakes. Just move the ball. Just play how we play. Don't try to go forward. There's no need for us to go ahead and score. We've already scored. It's just relax. And then those last two minutes, we relaxed. We were all good, and then – Came out the win, man. That was that's another important game. All the all the games against Hope, I guess, for me are like all the important ones that I've played at least. So I was definitely happy at the end of the day. I was like, okay, I still did what I had to do, even though I was hurt. So I was I was happy about it. Now, when when you talk about hope for you in those two games, three goals and an assist in two games against Hope, I mean, just an incredible performance, and uh, maybe they're hoping that. Uh, I'm sure Skelly and your and the team is hoping that it doesn't turn into a barn burn like that again. Yeah, I I hope not either. But it's a good games like that I do enjoy because that's like the time where you really get to dig deep and get that competitive fire in you to make you want to win because you want to be the better team between the two because you guys are such good teams when you go against each other. 
I know selfishly me being a, a media guy and, and a ratings guy. Games like that are good for ratings, I'll tell you what. Oh, 100%, yeah. So, uh, not you know, not good for the coaches and the players' uh, blood pressure, but yeah. good. Even, yeah, we were all on edge, like, oh, not again. Like, we don't want the same thing to happen again. But I think it's interesting that you mentioned, you know, settle down, don't make any silly mistakes in the final 228. And you had said earlier against Corbin and against Masters that those goals, yes, they were scored by those teams, but it, it might have been more your team than really them scoring. How big was it for you guys to close that game out and – not make those silly mistakes that had, had burned you a little bit in the past. That was a big game for us because we've known we'd done it in the past, so we didn't want to repeat of those Corbins, of those Masters. So we were like, let's finally like close in on them and not make this one of those games where they come back all of a sudden on our and it's on our mistakes. So that was definitely that was a big like defining game for us to show that we can close teams out when it's an important moment, which that was. So get the big win first. Uh, home NAIA postseason game and win in OUAZ. NAIA home postseason (laughs) win, sorry, in program history. Um, You go to Westmont, you don't lose 6-0, but you lose 2-0. You allow two goals in about a minute and a half stretch, including an own goal, unfortunately, on that second one. And it doesn't end the way you're looking for. But, you know, okay, we played well all season. We got that postseason victory against Hope, and now we're going to have the opportunity to go to the NCCAA National Tra- Championship National Tournament. How are you guys preparing for that after kind of a, a, we- a wacky two, three weeks? Yeah, it was it was definitely weird because we were like, we're now going to jump in against teams we've never played before, so we don't really have any time to like physically like prepare because we've never played them so we don't know their playing styles we haven't seen them or actually physically on against them so a lot of those two to three weeks was definitely watching film because we've never seen them so we need to make sure we know who their stars are what girls we need to watch out for how do they play so a lot of those two to three weeks were just learning and just getting better on the field so a lot of it was getting better on the field and then our like mentally watching film like on an hour on end like we would make like scheduled times to go watch film to make it sure that we knew what we were walking into with all the teams we were playing against now in terms of you know stat sheet production for lack of a better term no goals no assists you are getting some opportunities at the ncca national championship but you guys play extremely well you get to the national championship game and lose on a, a penalty kick that debatable to some yeah I know that wasn't the the uh the most accepted penalty kick award at all we were so we were so upset that's the first game in my entire life that i've genuinely cried and been sad over i was like for all all of our hard work this whole season just to lose on a pk only one goal like that's the part where i'm like wow that really just sucks just like a crappy feeling like we all like obviously like we got over it the next day but i just remember when we went to dinner it was just just blank faces because we were like this is it i think there's no turning back now the, the tournament's over we played the final that's it so it was very exciting it's like you guys brought a funeral procession to the restaurant after the game yeah no the ihop was definitely sad but then we bounced back and we all got back to the hotel and everybody was just like you know it happened we'll whenever we get to this point again if we do we'll do it better than before and uh, tough, not only was it a penalty kick goal, but it happened in the 16th minute. So yeah. it's, that's the one, you know, you're staring at that score all game long and just tough. But a great season. You get to the national championship game and you, you're you right there. And, you know, may, you, you lose on a goal that some could argue, you know, doesn't really prove who's a better soccer team. Yeah, right? 100%. That's why I think that game was so important, too, just as a learning experience to show that we can compete with these D3, D2 teams. Like, just because the there's a label on us doesn't mean we can't play to their level, you know? So we were definitely learned from that a lot and how we can we can compete no matter who it is. So for yourself, 13 goals, 9 assists, 35 points. I mean, just an incredible year. Um, taking home a lot of awards, leading a lot of the conference. How did you feel personally you did? I felt, I felt like I did a solid job I mean coming into this I was like you know this is a whole different ball game like obviously in club I'm the biggest girl so run over girls all the time but coming here I'm like oh okay these girls are just like me but 10 times better so I mean for me 
going again going and getting these accolades i was very i was really i was really proud of myself just to know that like you can you can compete cyber like you can do what these girls are doing and get these awards that people are getting so when you look at your final rankings in terms of stats um your 13 goals and 35 points led the entire conference um you also tied the conference lead with nine assists and you had four game winning goals in the GSAC. And then on top of that, courted a goal or a point in thirteen of the twenty three games, including two separate five five game point streaks, um, two multi goal games, and then um sixty one point four percent of your shots were on goal, and then you had a shot um in every uh in twenty of the twenty three games that you played in. So just not only a, a great season, but a very efficient season, too. Yeah. I mean, the opportunities you're getting, they're getting on, they're getting in, and when you're not scoring, you're setting your teammates up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're also named uh, an NAIA All-American Honorable Mention. Yeah, that was I, – I didn't even know I got that. To my friend sent me a picture. One of my teammates, she was like, did you like? Did you see this? And I was like, oh, what is it? And then she sent me a picture, and I was like, no way. Like, that's, that's crazy to me. Like, I didn't think people would notice, if that makes sense. Like, I'm not trying to – for everybody to be like, oh, like, look at me. I just was just playing, like, soccer. And then to get something big as the NAI, like, our whole division, I was like, whoa, like, it's kind of it's kind of different. So you get the NAI honorable mention. Um, the awards don't start coming in. You're on the NCCA um, second team. You know, same stats again. And um, what was it like to, to get all those awards? I know you said that you're not necessarily – looking for people to recognize you i'm sure it's nice but you're you know you're not out there yeah. for the accolades and, and all that but what was it like to to have that recognition and and as you had said like you weren't sure about this school and it's mm-hmm. a small school and it doesn't feel like a university but obviously somebody's paying attention yeah to, to get you that to get you those awards it was just it was just different because i've been so used to like getting like awards like for like high school soccer and like high school basketball and it was just high school so it's nothing big it's just here's the school, here it is. But getting those awards at a college level was kind of crazy to me because I'm like, there's like, there's a bunch of other athletes who are just like me. So for them to pick me and like, be like, this is like this girl who's like the good one that it meant a lot. And there was like, sometimes like I'd get, I don't want to say get noticed cause it's not like celebrity, but like this one kid who's like from Vegas last year, he was like, I saw you got like newcomer of the year, blah, blah. blah. And I was like, Oh, like no way I like, appreciate it. And he was like, yeah, like keep up the good work. I was like, that's, that's crazy to like see that you know, like you said, people are paying attention. So uh, I think, unfortunately for Skelly, and I mean you like challenges, but maybe a little unfortunately for yourself, coaches of the GSAC are definitely not paying attention to yeah what you brought mm-hmm. to the table. So for you, you know, you had a great freshman season. How do you feel you're gonna and, and what that path is to take your game to the next level in the spring? I think I want to my goal at least is maybe to get like 20 goals that's like the one i'm shooting for and i'm gonna work even harder because to me just because you get accolades doesn't mean anything like you something my mom tells me you need to be better than you were yesterday like you can't just because you got all these doesn't mean you're good like that's just me being a critic on myself though you need to get better so obviously you know gonna train harder like every day is a day to get better so that's what my goal is you know and i have all this time so i kind of kind of thank COVID I guess for us playing during the springtime because now we have this whole gap where we would be like last year we'd only have like two to four weeks to prepare for like games and scrimmages when we have a whole semester too so by the time game time comes in January we're ready to go yeah if you you follow your mom's advice and and get better than you were the last year somebody on campus is probably going to be congratulating you on the NAIA player of the year by your senior year coming around I mean fingers crossed man if I uh, personally I think if I really work hard at it and just keep doing what I'm doing and do it better I definitely could get it but I mean whatever happens happens I'll be happy with no awards or a lot of awards it doesn't matter to me now another big win for you and for a lot of your teammates especially the ones that had come day one um, these buildings finally open yeah, it was kind of, like, I remember we were just so happy to get out of the hotel because, like, obviously the hotel's around the commute, uh, around the corner, but that commute just to get in the car, just to come to practice and then get back in the car to go take a shower to come back to school, it was, like, 
just annoying but now since we're in the dorms we could just walk to class or walk to get food and like i'm not gonna lie last year leaving the hotel definitely put a burner in my pocket because we wouldn't want to come here just to get food when there's food places around us just to just grab something quick to eat so definitely having all the buildings and having basketball being able to watch and stuff it's felt more of like a college experience rather than like going to like a community college if that makes sense well and what i feel would probably be most annoying is you're getting in your car for a two-minute drive if you get in your car, it better be at least five to ten minutes. Yeah, that's how I feel bad for the people who live at the cottages. Like, they still have to drive down one road just to get right here and then get right back in the car an hour and a half after. I couldn't do that. Well, uh, I think the biggest one, and, and one I think specifically for the athletes, is the weight room. You're no longer going to a high school. You're no longer, it's like you said, you're not going to all these different places. You can walk to everything you mm-hmm. need to get to. What was it like to use that weight room for the first time? Uh, it was definitely, like, cool. I've never, ever lifted weights before. So when we lifted in the spring last year, I was like, oh, like, this is, like, nice. Like, this is cool. And I remember we took, like, a little tour of it, like, in January before it was all said and done. And I was like, this is, like, nice, like, for, like, a weight room. Like, the only weights I've ever seen is just Planet Fitness, you know. But to, like, see it here, like, with our logo and, like, all, like, this nice, like, not items, I can't, equipment. It's, like, a good thing to see. Like, look at us. Like, we're up here with the bigger universities now. I'm a little more realistic. Yeah, I went from you getting back in the car on your first visit to wondering, is this even a university to, as you said, weight room with D1 level facilities, mm-hmm. especially in, in certain colleges. Yeah. So. And even our athletic training room, too, from going from the portables, like that, a portable to the real athletic training facility with all of the things we need in it, rather than having to go around the corner to get something and have it right here. It's definitely, definitely a good blessing for the school. Yeah, those portables, you know, being used as locker rooms and training rooms. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and the locker room, too. I completely forgot about that. Having our locker room is definitely nice because it's just right here. And, like, because we'd always have to give our uniforms back after the game so they can get washed and stuff. To walk from the field to the portables when we can go two steps and we're in our locker room downstairs. Well, I remember both for the men's and the women's team, a lot of people got dressed in the portables then came out here, put their shoes on. You know, you, you don't have to do that anymore. It's yeah. like you said, you're two steps and you're there and you can just – you know, you if you need to leave quick, you just run to the room, take your uniform off, and get out of there if yeah. you need to. So, Cypress, I really appreciate your time. Hey, of uh, course, me too. Gave gave a lot of a lot of good insight. Are there any final words or any final thoughts you want to leave with uh, the listening audience? I mean, just just a regular girl, I guess. Just regular, just playing soccer. Hey, if you see me, say what's up. No, I'm just kidding. But if you do, it's whatever. But yeah, basically it. <laughs> Well, Cypress, thanks again. Uh, We're looking forward to seeing you on the field in the spring, and hopefully we're talking again soon. Cool. Thank you.